After images. However the image enters, its force remains within my eyes. Rock-strewn caves where dragonfish evolve, wild for life, relentless and acquisitive, learning to survive where there is no food. My eyes are always hungry and remembering. However the image enters, its force remains. A white woman stands barefoot and empty. A black boy hacked into a murderous lesson, recalled in me forever, like a lurch of earth on the edge of sleep, etched into my visions, food for dragonfish that learn to live upon whatever they must eat, fused images beneath my pain. The Pearl River floods through the streaks of Jackson, a Mississippi summer televised, Trapped houses kneel like sinners in the rain. A white woman climbs from her roof to a passing boat. Her fingers tarry for a moment on the chimney, now awash. Tearless and no longer young, she holds a tattered baby's blanket in her arms. In a flickering afterimage of the nightmare rain, a microphone thrust up against her flat, bewildered words. We just come from the bank yesterday, borrowing money to pay the income tax. Now everything's gone. I never knew it could be so hard. Despair weighs down her voice like Pearl River mud caked around the edges. Her pale eyes scanning the camera for help or explanation unanswered. She shifts her search across the watered street, dry-eyed, hard, but not this hard. Two tow-headed children hurl themselves against her, hanging upon her coat like mirrors, until a man with ham-like hands pulls her aside, snarling, she ain't got nothing more to say, and that lie hangs in his mouth like a shred of rotting meat. I inherited Jackson, Mississippi. For my majority, it gave me Emmett Till, his fifteen years puffed out like bruises on plump boy cheeks, his only Mississippi summer whistling a twenty-one-gun salute to Dixie as a white girl passed him in the street, and he was baptized my son forever in the midnight waters of the Pearl. His broken body is the afterimage of my twenty-first year, when I walked through a northern summer, my eyes averted from each corner's photographies, newspapers, protest, posters, magazines, police story, confidential, true. The avid insistence of detail, pretending insight or information, the length of gash across the dead boy's loins, his grieving mother's lamentation, the severed lips, how many burns, his gouged-out eyes, sewed shut upon the screaming covers, louder than life, all over, the veiled warning, the secret relish of a black child's mutilated body, fingered by street-corner eyes, bruise upon livid bruise, and whatever I looked that summer, I, look, I learned to be at home with children's blood, with savored violence, with pictures of black, broken flesh, used 
crumpled and discarded. Lying amid the sidewalk refuse, like a raped woman's face. A black boy from Chicago whistled on the streets of Jackson, Mississippi, testing what he'd been taught was a manly thing to do. His teachers ripped his eyes out, his sex, his tongue, and flung him to the pearl, weighted with stone in the name of white womanhood. They took their aroused honor back to Jackson and celebrated in a whorehouse, the double ritual of white manhood confirmed. If earth and air and water do not judge them, who are we to refuse a crust of bread? Emmett Till rides the crest of the pearl, whistling twenty-four years. His ghost lay like the shade of a raped woman, and a white girl has grown older in costly honor. What did she pay to never know its price? Now the Pearl River speaks its muddy judgment, and I can withhold my pity and my bread. Hard, but not this hard. Her face is flat with resignation and despair. With ancient and familiar sorrows, a woman surveying her crumpled future, as the white girl, besmirched by Emmett's whistle, never allowed her own tongue without power or conclusion, unvoiced. She stands adrift in the ruins of her honor, and a man with an executioner's face pulls her away. Within my eyes, the flickering afterimages of a nightmare reign. A woman wrings her hands beneath the weight of agonies remembered. I wade through summer ghosts, betrayed by vision, hers and my own, becoming dragonfish to survive. The horrors we are living with tortured lungs, adapting to breathe blood. A woman measures her life's damage. My eyes are caves, chunks of etched rock, tied to the ghost of a black boy. Whistling, crying and frightened, her tow-headed children cluster like little mirrors of despair, their father's hands upon them and soundlessly a woman begins to weep. A litany for survival. For those of us who live at the shoreline, standing upon the constant edges of decision, crucial and alone. For those of us who cannot indulge the passing dreams of choice, who love in doorways coming and going, in the hours between dawns, looking inward and outward, at once before and after, seeking a now that can breed futures, like bread in our children's mouths, so their dreams will not reflect the death of ours. For those of us who are imprinted with fear, like a faint line in the center of our foreheads, learning to be afraid with our mother's milk, for by this weapon, this illusion of some safety to be found, the heavy-footed hoped to silence us, for all of us, this instant and this triumph, we were never meant to survive. And when the sun rises, we are afraid it might not remain. When the sun sets, we are afraid it might not rise in the morning. When our stomachs are full, we are afraid of indigestion. When our stomachs are empty, we are afraid we may never eat again. 
We are loved, we are afraid. Love will vanish. When we are alone, we are afraid. Love will never return. And when we speak, we are afraid. Our words will not be heard, nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak, remembering we were never meant to survive. Coal. As the total black being spoken from the earth's inside, there are many kinds of open. How a diamond comes into a knot of flame, how a sound comes into a word, colored by who pays what for speaking. Some words are open, like a diamond on glass windows, singing out within the crash of passing sun. Then there are words like stapled wagers in a perforated book, buy and sign and tear apart. And come whatever wills all chances, the stub remains, an ill-pulled tooth with a ragged edge. Some words live in my throat, breeding like adders. Others know sun, seeking like gypsies over my tongue to explode through my lips like young sparrows bursting from a shell. Some words bedevil me. Love is a word another kind of open as a diamond comes into a knot of flame. I am black because I come from the earth's inside. Take my word for jewel in your open light. From the house of Yemanja. My mother had two faces and a frying pot where she cooked up her daughters into girls before she fixed our dinner. My mother had two faces and a broken pot where she hid out a perfect daughter who was not me. I am the sun and moon and forever hungry for her eyes. I bear two women upon my back, one dark and rich and hidden in the ivory hungers of the other. Mother, pale as a witch, yet steady and familiar, brings me bread and terror in my sleep. Her breasts are huge, exciting anchors in the midnight storm. All this has been before in my mother's bed. Time has no sense. I have no brothers, and my sisters are cruel. Mother, I need, mother, I need. Mother, I need your blackness now, as the August earth needs rain. I am the sun and moon and forever hungry, the sharpened edge where day and night shall meet and not be one. Hanging fire. I am 14 and my skin has betrayed me. The boy I cannot live without still sucks his thumb in secret. How come my knees are always so ashy? What if I die before morning and mama's in the bedroom with the door closed? I have to learn how to dance in time for the next party. My room is too small for me. Suppose I die before graduation. They will sing sad melodies, but finally tell the truth about me. There is nothing I want to do and too much that has to be done 
and Mama's in the bedroom with the doors closed. Nobody even stops to think about my side of it. I should have been on math team. My marks were better than his. Why do I have to be the one wearing braces? I have nothing to wear tomorrow. Will I live long enough to grow up? And mom is in the bedroom with the door closed. Movement song. I have studied the tight curls on the back of your neck, moving away from me, beyond anger or failure. Your face in the evening schools of longing, through mornings of wish and ripen. We were always saying goodbye, in the blood, in the bone, over coffee, before dashing for elevators, going in opposite directions, without goodbyes. Do not remember me as a bridge, nor a roof, as the maker of legends, nor as a trap door to that world, where black and white clericals hang on the edge of beauty in five o'clock elevators twitching their shoulders to avoid other flesh, and now there is someone to speak for them, moving away from me into tomorrow's morning of wish and ripen. Your goodbye is a promise of lightning in the last angel's hand, unwelcome and warning. The sands have run out against us. We were rewarded by journeys away from each other, into desire, into mornings alone, where excuse and endurance mingle, conceiving decision. Do not remember me as disaster, nor as the keeper of secrets. I am a fellow rider in the cattle cars, watching you move slowly out of my bed, saying we cannot waste time only ourselves. Power. The difference between poetry and rhetoric is being ready to kill yourself instead of your children. I am trapped on a desert of raw gunshot wounds and a dead child dragging his shattered black face off the edge of my sleep, blood from his punctured cheeks and shoulders, is the only liquid for miles and my stomach churns at the imagined taste while my mouth splits into dry lips without loyalty or reason. Thirsting for the wetness of his blood as it sinks into the whiteness of the desert where I am lost, without imagery or magic, trying to make power out of hatred and destruction, trying to heal my dying son with kisses. Only the sun will bleach his bones quicker. A policeman who shot down a ten-year-old in Queens stood over the boy with his cop shoes in childish blood, and a voice said, Die, you little motherfucker. And there are tapes to prove it. At his trial, this policeman said in his own defense, I didn't notice the size nor nothing else, only the color. And there are tapes to prove that, too. Today, that 37-year-old white man with 13 years of police forcing was set free. 
by eleven white men who said they were satisfied, justice had been done, and one black woman who said they convinced me, meaning they had dragged her four foot ten black woman's frame over the hot coals of four centuries of white male approval until she let go. The first real power she ever had and lined her own womb with cement to make a graveyard for our children. I have not been able to touch the destruction within me, but unless I learn to use the difference between poetry and rhetoric, my power too will run corrupt as poisonous mold or lie limp and useless as an unconnected wire. And one day I will take my teenaged plug and connect it to the nearest socket, raping an 85-year-old white woman who is somebody's mother. And as I beat her senseless and set a torch to her bed, a Greek chorus will be singing in three-fourths time. Poor thing, she never hurt a soul. What beasts they are. Never to dream of spiders. Time collapses between the lips of strangers. My days collapse into a hollow tube, soon implodes against now, like an iron wall. My eyes are blocked with rubble, a smear of perspectives blurring each horizon. In the breathless precision of silence, one word is made. Once the renegade flesh was gone, fall air lay against my face, sharp and blue as a needle. But the rain fell through October, and death lay a condemnation within my blood. The smell of your neck in August, a fine gold wire bejeweling war, all the rest lies elusive as a farmhouse, on the other side of a valley vanishing in the afternoon. Day three, day four, day ten, the seventh step. A veiled door leading to my golden anniversary, flame-proofed free paper, shredded in the teeth of a pillaging dog, never to dream of spiders, and when they turn the hoses upon me, a burst of light. Recreation. Coming together, it is easier to work after our bodies meet, paper and pen, neither care nor profit, whether we write or not, but as your body moves under my hands, charged and waiting, we cut the leash, you create me against your thighs, hilly with images, moving through our word countries, my body rides into your flesh, the poem you make of me. Touching you, I catch midnight, as moon fires set in my throat. I love you, flesh into blossom. I made you, and take you, made into me. The edge of our bed was a wide grid, where your 15-year-old daughter was hanging, gut sprung on police wheels, a cablegram nailed to the wood, next to a map of the Western Reserve. I could not return with you to bury the body, reconstruct your nightly cardboards against the seeping Transvaal cold. I could not plant the other limpet mine against a wall at the railroad station, nor carry either of your souls back from the river in a calabash upon my head.
So I bought you a ticket to Durban on my American Express, and we lay together in the first light of a new season. Now clearing roughage from my autumn garden, cow sorrel. Overgrown rocket, gone to seed, I reach for the taste of today. The New York Times finally mentions your country, a half-page story of the first white South African killed in the unrest, not of black children massacred at Seboken, six-year-olds imprisoned for threatening the state, not of Thabo Sebeko, first grader in his own blood on his grandmother's parlor floor, Joyce, nine, trying to crawl to him, shitting through her navel, not of a three-week-old infant, nameless, lost under the burned beds of Tembisa. My hands come down like a brown vice over the marigolds, reckless through despair. We were two black women touching our flame, and we left our dead behind us. I hovered. You rose. The last ritual of healing. It is spring, you whispered. I sold the ticket for guns and sulfa. I leave for home tomorrow. And wherever I touch you, I lick cold from my fingers, taste rage like salt from the lips of a woman who is killed too often to forget, and carries each death in her eyes, your mouth a parting orchid. Someday you will come to my country and we will fight side by side. Keys jingle in the door ajar, threatening whatever is coming belongs here. I reach for your sweetness, but silence explodes like a pregnant belly into my face, a vomit of nevers. Mantatisi turns away from the cloth. Her daughters-in-law are dying. The baby drools milk from her breast. She hands him half asleep to his sister, dresses again for war, knowing the men will follow. In the intricate Mazuru twilights, quick, sad, vital, she maps the next day's battle, dreams of Durban, sometimes visions the deep, wry song of beach pebbles running after the sea. Who said it was simple? There are so many roots to the tree of anger that sometimes the branches shatter before they bear. Sitting in nedics, the women rally before they march, discussing the problematic girls they hire to make them free. An almost white counterman passes a waiting brother to serve them first, and the ladies neither notice nor reject the slighter pleasures of their slavery. But I, who am bound by my mirror, as well as my bed, see causes and color as well as sex, and sit here wondering which me will survive all these liberations. A woman speaks. Moon marked and touched by sun, my magic is unwritten, but when the sea turns back, it will leave my shape behind. I seek no favor, untouched by blood, unrelenting as the curse of love, 
permanent as my errors, or my pride. I do not mix love with pity, nor hate with scorn. And if you would know me, look into the entrails of Uranus, where the restless oceans pound. I do not dwell within my birth, nor my divinities, who am ageless and half-grown, and still seeking my sisters, wishes in Dahomey, wear me inside their coiled cloths, as her mother did mourning. I have been woman for a long time. Beware my smile. I am treacherous with old magic, and the noon's new fury, with all your wide futures, promised, I am woman and not white.